At times, we all feel lost in search of something more. This is Christina Dam, and this is Liberate the Podcast, a podcast designed to help inspire and guide you forward through everything spirituality, creativity, art, and just giving you a sense of empowerment so that you can be powerful, be magical, and be free. everybody. Welcome to another episode of Liberate the Podcast. Today we have Katie Beecher with us and she is a medical and spiritual intuitive and licensed counselor. Um, she has this book Heal from Within that she just has written um, as well as she does some really interesting readings that involve painting people and doing this whole thing which we're going to get into. But really the the topic for today is why the root cause of healing is so important and how our intuition kind of sends us clues and signals along the way and really about how to look out for those so that we can really find that root and and heal it from within right like your book heal with from within so thank you katie for joining us today welcome thank you very much for inviting me all right so take it away tell me a little bit about um you know, why did you pick this particular topic? And is that the premise for the main, I'm guessing it's the premise for the main uh, topic through in your book, right? It is. Um, yeah, my own healing journey started when I was 16 and I was bulimic and suicidal and a total mess, had no self-esteem. Um, yeah, you know, you name it. And it was really divine intervention that kept me alive because I had suicide planned all, you know, picked out. Um, but I came home from school one day and without telling anyone, including my parents, I called our pediatrician and told them what I was doing and said that I needed help. And he hooked me up with a Jungian psychologist. Still hadn't, you know, told my parents, it took me a little while to get the courage to go. But what I learned there not only started my emotional, physical, and spiritual healing journey, it's why I'm doing this work today and why I wrote the book. So, wow. yeah. And what, what a great doctor, too. And, you know, you don't really necessarily see that too often anymore. You know, people are a little bit busy, you get pushed around, but he took your call. And exactly. it was like, we need to get you help. And this is the right path for, you know, some assistance right now of what I think could be of service to you and got you into a therapist instead of just, you know, a lot of times people just prescribe drugs, right? In those situations. Yeah. I mean, it was our pediatrician, you know, yeah. so, um, who, you know, had been practicing forever. It was 1983. And I think they definitely looked at things differently. Like Prozac wasn't out. They weren't the, the, the um, antidepressants that were out weren't even that great. Yeah. And he actually said, like, I think you'll be fine. It's okay. Cause no one talked about eating disorders, but I had the sense to say, I'm not okay. This yeah. is just, you know, I really, really need help. And, um, but Jungian psychology, it, it's based in intuition and yeah. it's based in self-love and, figuring out the deeper meaning for things and using um, symptom as symbols and, you know, connecting to your body as well. So for me, it was the perfect um, type of therapy for healing. Oh, that's amazing. And what, what was that intuition that was going on in you that said calling the pediatrician would be the right step? Like, I mean, you came home from school, you had a plan, you were 
already mm. on course for you thought about it, you planned it out. I mean, you were in that mode. And was there something that happened? Was there any kind of symbols or signi- or like signs that, that led you to make that call? You know, I've, I've often asked myself that, and it was obviously a very long time ago, but I think one of the catalysts may have been getting into um, college, you know, in Washington, D.C., and I got a scholarship, and it really gave me hope for getting out of my dysfunctional family system and starting a new life. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was probably the catalyst, along with just divine intervention, you know, I'm supposed to be here and, and do this stuff. But um, yeah, I, I wish, I mean, I was so messed up at the time that I don't, I remember standing and making the call, but mm-hmm. I really don't remember anything else about it. And, um, you know, my parents weren't involved in treatment. Um, it was just me. And that's the way it needed to be for my healing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I just, I remember standing there making the call and talking to him and being terrified and ashamed, you know, um, having never said it out loud to anyone before. That was my first time. So um, yeah, I was ready. Yeah. And it led you down this path. So you started going to this union uh, psychologist and what was that like for you? Was it a few sessions in? Was it right away that you were like, wow, this is great. Like, what was that progression? I knew that, well, it took me a couple months to get the courage to to call her, (laughs) so, but I did. Um, Right away, she started describing how she worked, and it was all about connecting to yourself and self-love, and um, she explained about Jung's concept of the collective unconscious, where we're basically all connected, you know, and I was able to tell her that I had, um, you know, basically I talked to dead people and I saw things and things occurred I didn't know about and I'd always been super sensitive and all that. And um, I really hadn't been able to talk to anyone about that too. So that happened pretty early on. And when she was very open to everything and didn't look at me like I had three heads and was like, all of that's okay and it's great and let's build on it. You know, you have the answers within yourself. It really, it showed me that I was in the right place mm-hmm. and that um, was a very supportive person. Um, and we did art therapy. I was an art, you know, loved art. And so it was all kind of like the fun things that um, a lot of therapists don't, you know, work with their clients about. Yeah. And so how did that lead you into realizing that you were also an intuitive? Well, I always knew that I had, um, interesting abilities. I had always picked up on people's energy. When I was younger, I started to pick up on negative energy, which I thought was from our old house, but it was from my family. And so I was very intrigued by it all and read about all of that type of thing. But I was also really afraid of it because I thought I was attracting evil to me. And that Mm -hmm. if I opened up to that, I'd, you know, encounter more evil. So she helped me to like normalize it and see Mm -hmm. that we all have intuition and that I have control over my energy, you know, um, nothing negative, no energy, no beings, whatever can get to you um, unless you allow that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so 
and love is always more powerful than hate. And that's kind of the way we talked about good and evils. It's, it's you know, love and, and hate. And that as long as you're in a place of love, nothing can ever get to you. Yeah. Very true. Okay. And so then, then you decided to study. Like, what, what was that? You know, like, I, I mean, because you go from... You know, I just want to hear more of your story and then yeah, I want to get yeah, into yeah. like the, the root, you know, I just, uh, yeah. I always, I always find it fascinating how people, you know, find that reacclimation to that path. Right. So I was, um, that was my senior year of high school. Um, and I think it was like, I want to say like March or April around there. Um, I just worked with her until I left in August. I was ready. I worked really hard. And wasn't, um, you know, I was on my way to recovery, put it that way, but okay. it's a process. Um, so I already knew that I had an interest in psychology and biology. I thought I wanted to go pre-med and do something with mental health. Um, so that's what my undergrad is in. It's in psych and, and biology. And I continued to kind of work with her long distance and then um, by phone or something like, you know, like that. Um, and then when I went home on vacations or, you know, breaks or whatever, I would see her, but I just kind of kept working. Um, I saw uh, a therapist, you know, at the school and realized that what had happened to me in terms of the eating disorder was one of the best things that ever could have happened. Mm. The way that Jungian psychology looks at this and I do is that this isn't something, illness and, and all these things aren't something that are there because you're a bad person. They're not there to hurt you. Um, they're not there to take away from your life. They're there to add to it and to help you be your most authentic self and mm -hmm. to find self-love and to show you that you've really been off of that path that you need to be on. Yeah. You know, so when I looked at it that way, I realized, and I got information from my guides the whole time. They were just like, this is all good. This is all for a reason. You need to take this experience and use it to help others and teach others what you've learned about how important it is to connect to intuition and how self-love really is the basis for all health. So a lot of it was just the messages from my guides and from myself and I ended up, you know, getting a master's in counseling. And um, even though I was, you know, clinically trained and all that, I still worked very intuitively. Mm. So I allowed my guides to talk to me during my sessions and responded to what they said. Um, I, I worked with a lot of Jungian techniques too. There's a lot of Jungian techniques in my book that I learned and still do. Yeah. You know, so there's that. But it was kind of like, okay, this thing happened and it was actually a really good thing for so many reasons. And now you need to take this and help others with it and teach others and do whatever it is you're gonna do. So um, as far as the mediumship and other, you know, my, my abilities, um, during sessions with clients, I started to accidentally channel their um, loved ones who had died. Okay. And yeah, I know, right. That's, that's the way I was the first show. I was like, Oh, already done. Um, and 
there's a technique that I teach people about writing to your intuition and having it right back. It's in the book. And so a lot of people don't really know what their intuition even is or what it means or how to do that. And I was just kind of doing a role play with this woman who also happened to have an eating disorder and she couldn't relate to the intuition thing. So I said, has there been anyone in your life that you've been able to be yourself with and felt unconditional love from? And she talked about her grandmother and I said, so, okay, how about about writing to your grandmother? Still wasn't, wasn't getting in there. So I said, all right, let's, let's just do a role play. I'll be your grandmother and we'll practice. So, um, I did not mean for this to happen, but I was sort of having this out of body thing where I felt her grandmother in mm. me and I knew all sorts of things about her grandmother's house. She spent a lot of time there, the attic that she played in as a child, the exact doll she played with all these things that, you know, she had never told anyone. And, um, she was a little freaked out. I was a little freaked out. Um, but at the same time, it felt really natural. Yeah. It was like, this is the way it should be. So I kind of decided, okay, well, this is uh, something that's not going away. I need to explore it and have it grow. And I, um, I joined a spiritualist church that mm -hmm. was near our home in Connecticut. So I learned a lot more about mediumship and from some really good teachers and just kept practicing. Um, then my mom got sick about 12 years, 13 years ago now, and it really changed my life. Um, she became paralyzed and blind and I was her sole caretaker for a while. And there were all sorts of family wow. issues as that will, you know, that will happen. Um, but it just made me look at my life and say, you know, I, I like what I'm doing, but there's just more, there's more I need to do. I need to go deeper and knew even personally that I needed to explore my gifts more and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I found out somehow about medical intuition, didn't really know what it was, but I'm like, I'm really interested in medicine and I'm really interested in intuition. So what the heck? Um, yeah. Right. There was a uh, three-day workshop up at Omega and I went and much to my surprise, I knew all sorts of things about the people that we were reading. And I knew things about how they looked. We just had a name and age, that was it. So um, the way that I work now, but I knew what they looked like. I knew what they looked like when they were kids. I knew things about them physically and their family and um, emotional. I mean, I just, there was a lot that I knew and I was like, um, okay, this is, this is something. Um, so yeah, I, I figured, okay, maybe this is my thing. And I you know developed yeah. some tools that I use and now I'm doing it. I love that. And, and talk to me a little bit about where the, you, you bring back an art into it too, because if I was reading correctly, like you, before when somebody books a session with you, yes. um, you, you spend time and you write like a four page report for them of, of information that comes through, but you also paint them a picture. I do. I do. So all of you have people, an example of one. I sure do. I sure do. Um, this is just that just looks like a tornado went off. Okay, this is just one example. Okay, and it's kind of a flower with the person's body, and um, all of the colors mean something. All okay. of 
the positioning means something. The fact that the arms and hands are, are up and out means something. Um, it's different for every person. So sometimes like, this is another example. Um, there's all different, sometimes people are insects or they're animals or they're regular people. Or um, I made a, one of my coolest ones is I made a fire truck one time and that had a whole story behind it. But um, it's what I love about it is that because the information comes through symbolically, mm -hmm. as a human, I have less room for interpretation and manipulating the information. So yeah. with words as humans, um, it's really natural to assume things. Like I was reading a 12 year old girl and I heard teeth enamel. And I know enough now to just write down what my guides tell me and don't judge it. And don't worry about it being right or wrong. Just write whatever the heck they tell me. So for this girl, I wrote tooth enamel and her mom said, that was really odd that you said that because she has extraordinarily strong tooth enamel and she's never had a cavity. So hmm. if my humanness had interpreted that, I would have said, you know, lots of cavities or bad teeth or something like that. And yeah. that would have been incorrect but the information I got was correct. So, yeah. you know, when I work with people, a lot of the time they're afraid of being wrong, hmm. you know? And it's like, you have to open yourself up to make mistakes, to maybe misinterpreting things, to um, maybe not hearing things exactly the way you thought, because that's how you can then help your, your client or whoever you're reading, um, because you can interpret the information together, then figure out what it means if there's any questions. Yeah, but it's it's also how you grow, right? You know, it's it's through um, our through our failures or our mistakes or our challenges, the things that we do wrong that we tend to understand things a little bit better, right? And then yes. and then we navigate and we say, okay, all right, I have to be aware. Maybe I wasn't as aware that my filters are stronger than I thought, right? You know, yeah. like. Like, because I'll, all I did was hear tooth enamel, but then I put on my human filters or maybe even somebody with like, like in your case, having an eating disorder saying, oh, does she have something else going on? Because, you know, you know, whatever else, but like how much of it is that assumption versus just the information, but people aren't aware. A lot of times people aren't aware of how unaware they are. It's so true. And, you know, Sometimes, like if I'm anxious or I have something going on, that's not a good time to do a reading because my own crap's going to interfere with it, you know. Um, or sometimes, if I'm doing a couple of reports in the same day, um, I'll get a piece of information for that other person, mm -hmm. you know, or it'll be for somebody's family member or someone on the other side. So being open to that and and not feeling like if you get something incorrect, you're you're horrible and you can't do this and you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And, and I mean, I just love that. And, the, and the, also the symbolism uh, of the different paintings that you do, because some of the colors or the meanings could mean something specific to that person. Right. It does. You it know, does. like, and so you're just allowing yourself to, you know, like that fire truck and you, how you said that there's a whole backstory, you know, and you're, you just went with that here. This is what I drew for you, you know, or pa painted, you know, but, um, 
that has, you know, or maybe some of those, that sun or that flower and the one that you showed, or maybe the way that, you know, uh, those certain colors that were picked, right? Could trigger a memory for somebody and like, oh, that reminds me when I was five and like, you know, I don't understand, like I was obsessed with it, you know, like you don't know. Right, and a lot of the time I do the paintings after the reports for a couple of reasons. Um, for one thing, they often validate what I got in the report, so that's cool but they also give me different information. And I'll often pick up things like, you know, sexual abuse or trauma in the painting because I feel like I am picking up what's in the person's consciousness and unconscious. And some of those memories are stored in the body. So yeah. it would make sense that it would come out in a more symbolic way. Um, the workshop that I'm doing for you guys on May 7th, part of it is going to be teaching people to make these intuitive paintings for themselves. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> you enjoying this so far? Did you forget to subscribe? Make sure to do so. It takes two seconds. Just press that little button, the red one, you know, the one. Just press it, little like. All right, enjoy the rest of this content. And I love that you, you, you really say, Hey, everybody has this intuition, you know, what, you know, like you said that they're, you know, you're going to teach people how to paint. There's a, there's an exercise in your book about writing and allowing people to do that question and answer back and forth and journaling exercise with, with their self for their, that in, intuition. But it, it, it's really having that stance of empowering people. Right. Yes. And so let's talk a little bit about this root issue, right. And the core issue that, that you bring up and about what kind of symbols and signs that people might receive that are an indication of that root and why is the root so important? So every single, okay, so 99% of you know physical or emotional symptoms that I've worked with people on, there's more than one root cause. And by root cause, I mean, really getting to the base reasons. So, you know, not just band-aiding with medication or um, doing something else. It's really like for depression, for example, um, therapy is helpful, medication can be helpful for some people, but it's also, what's your gut like? What is your mm -hmm. diet like? Are you getting enough sleep and exercise? Um, for me, when I was healed from Lyme, depression I had had since I was 12 went away. So mm -hmm. there's so many different causes for things, as well as just maybe at that moment or for a while, you've had things to legitimately be depressed about. You know, yeah. you don't necessarily, there's nothing that needs to be fixed or is wrong. You may feel awful, but there's a reason. So let's get to all of the reasons and address those so that not only can you heal now, but so the issue doesn't come back. Um, yeah. And so a lot of people who come to me for physical, emotional stuff, my guides talk about how are the relationships you are in? How is your career? Um, are you able to stand up for yourself? You know, do you have a voice or have you been holding back your authenticity? and mm. being the person other people want you to be because I really believe that the goal of being human is just to be your true self. Yeah. Whatever that means. And then 
your intuition and that will guide you into whatever stuff you're supposed to be doing. And I don't mean just this overall life purpose, you know, it's just all of this stuff being yeah. a parent or writing a book or saying something. I mean, all the little things make up who we are. So people look for this kind of overall reaching life purpose and we're much more than that. Yeah. You know, so, um, but yeah, people often don't equate the fact that they have been in a really unhappy relationship for a long time with the fact that they are getting stomach aches and headaches and even more severe illnesses. Mm-hmm. But those things force us to stop and take care of ourselves. Yeah. Look at things in a different way instead of kind of muddling along the way we have been. Now, are there, you know, you talk about signs and signals, right? So, you know, people might be, let's say, in this unhealthy relationship for quite a long time, and now they're having these physical symptoms, right? You know, are, you know, so that would be one version of the signs, but what about some other things that you could direct people? Because I, 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 I'm a firm believer like you, that the universe is always trying to help us to reach like happiness, joy, fulfillment, all of these other elements, right? And that when there's a dis-ease or when there's out of alignment or things like that, then we're, we're fighting the current in life. Then we're, we're facing our resistance. We're feeling that pressure. Things don't work as smoothly. Things kind of crumble and fall apart. And, and as you said, it's, it's okay because it's part of, of allowing us and like yourself, sometimes, you know, that can be the biggest gift that we're given is this yeah. ability to derail because it's only through that derailment that we get back into alignment. And it's yeah. like, okay, you know, sometimes, you know, the house just needs to be tumbled down. So, you know, you can redesign a new one. If you just keep on patching up the windows and the roof, like, you know, maybe, maybe it just needs to fall over and then you can build your dream house. It's so true. And there are people who get very angry with me for yeah. saying things like this. And I've been called an ableist and <laughs> You know, things like that. And I'm like, you don't know anything about me. You know, that's couldn't be farther from the truth, but they just, they don't want to, um, they do want to recover. They so want to recover, but they want to either just look at the physical or, or mm-hmm. they see what I'm saying as negating their pain or negating their physical symptoms or something like that. And it's absolutely not that at all. Um, It's actually validating that because, Mm -hmm. you know, so for example, um, infertility is an interesting one because I often find infertility in people who've had, you know, um, sexual abuse or trauma that can happen. It's the same chakra area body. Um, But also, you know, People could have gone to doctors, tried in vitro, done whatever. And then we get into, well, what was your childhood like? And are you afraid of repeating the patterns that you know you saw when you were young? Are you afraid you're going to be a bad parent? Or how is your marriage? Um, mm-hmm. You know, is this infertility keeping you from continuing with your marriage because this is something that's making you miserable? Yeah. You know, people get so focused on, I can't have a baby and it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, You know, it really is. And it's, and it's awful. But if you just look at the physical symptoms, which are often real 
and you don't look at all of the other stuff, then you don't get to really solve the problem. But also I've worked with people who had, you know, had a virus or had Lyme or had some sort of serious thing that they could pass on to the child. And so going deeper, looking at all of the things going on with that person can help them have a healthier pregnancy or a healthier child. Or so we all, I think we're all little control freaks in our own way, Mm -hmm. you know, and we don't, we're not necessarily patient and we, we don't like it when things don't go as planned. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not immune to that for sure either. Um, (laughs) yeah, I don't think anybody is right. But, but the important thing is to note that there's many different opportunities to, you know, it's at the basis is healing is possible, right? It is. And, and then when people stop and say that they think that they already know where they have all the answers or they tried, you know, this, this and that. And so like now it's not, you know, like if we go back to the pregnancy thing, you know, like, OK, well, we tried and we spent all this money on in vitro and we did all this hormone therapy and we did this and we've tried, you know, uh, the husband and wife have tried every different thing they could possibly do and they still can't conceive or whatever. It's like, okay, well, and then you start asking those questions, right? You're like, you know, how is your marriage? How is this? Do you have any unresolved things from childhood? Do you have trauma? Did you, did, you know, did you have a healthy relationship with your mother or father? Did, was there something else, you know, cause maybe they even had a healthy relationship, but their, their parent died young. Right. You know, or or uh, something else happened. Right. You know, because I've seen, you know, so many different things, too. But it's like sometimes people don't even want to go there. Well, and that's the thing. And they, it's like, well, no. do you want the result? Because sometimes getting the result means asking very uncomfortable questions. Right. Then I, I, so, yeah, like, I've had people who had a lot of difficulties with their in-laws or culturally they feel very controlled. And so those are very difficult problems to face. And, you know, it's like, but in order to maybe conceive or do whatever you need to do, spirit, your intuition, whatever is telling you, if you want that, these are problems that you need to address because it's just going to cause more pain down yeah. the line. You know, it's, it's, it's really yeah, hard. It, it, And some of that might be a quick uh, shift in like boundaries or facing things or even looking at things and then wada bing, bada boom, things are healed. And sometimes it's not necessarily the magic wand for it. You know, the person could get out of a a very unhealthy relationship and change and do all these things. And then maybe, you know, biologically it's just not possible or they get beyond a certain age where it's not possible anymore. But (laughs) But then there can always be this opening of, well, what other ways, right? You know, if you, you know, mother, it, and we're just talking about motherhood here, exactly. but it, it, we can fill in the blank with anybody for anybody that's listening, but mother or fatherhood or whatever, it can be male too. Um, but then there's like, okay, well, if you really want that, maybe there's an opening for adoption. Maybe there's an opening for something else, right? And that there, there's this navigation, but people create their own misery because of their expectations. Oh my gosh. Expectations cause us so many problems, you know, myself included. And some of the expectations are from family pressures or insecurities or 
I mean, they're, they come from a million different sources, but yeah, expectations can really screw us up. <laughs> yeah, really badly. And it's like, you know, if, but if, and, and then we have these expectations and the way that we think things should be or need to be, and then we don't allow it to be right. You know, right. I yeah. just, uh, yeah, there's uh, the best metaphor I ever got. It's like, I've done some plant medicine, but I did ayahuasca once and I was talking about like the suffering of people and, and in asking the plant medicine and they, they took me to like this, um, Mother Ayahuasca took me to this like show where it was two people doing salsa dancing and it was so and and you know it had the red curtain and everything and they were dancing they were going then all of a sudden the one person that was following didn't want to follow anymore and wanted to lead and the other person didn't want to let them lead and it became awkward and weird and it wasn't entertaining to watch and the joy just washed from their face and and the analogy was like you know that's what creates the misery when you don't go with the flow right it, it you know like you literally suck the joy out of your life experience when you feel like it needed to be this way no i need to be the leader no i need to be the follower i need to you know and this is just a metaphor of dance but you can take that it, like though. for dancing with life you know it's like somebody like their reservation gets canceled at a restaurant they show up and they let it ruin their whole night and sometimes right. their whole week it's like what if you're just meant to go walk down the street and find this restaurant that you never even ate at before <laughs> never even knew and it's like the best meal of your life you know like we don't know why things happen so true it's so true yeah and it's about like letting go of control and allowing spirit to take care of us because a lot of us don't feel safe or we don't feel like we've been taken care of or you get let down or so it can be really scary to trust yeah, you know? yeah. to trust and to like be open right 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 right, right. It's like to, so to know that you can handle it like it's okay you know? yeah that fear behind it too. Yeah. And what is fear anyways? You know, it's just, I mean, I, I still love using the acronym of false evidence appearing real because it's, I mean, it's really all an illusion, you know, totally. and we make it seem like things are fear means difficulty, but really even the most difficult, what does that mean? Oh, we're going to experience some sadness. We might cry. Okay, we might get a, like, I mean, like what, what's the worst thing that is like so catastrophic, like, that your emotions are going to be a little out of control for a minute. I mean, like, let, let, I mean, realistically, what's the worst, right? It's kind of like the same when people are like, oh, when they have to, let's say laundry piles up and they're like, oh my God, that's so hard. There's so much laundry I need to do. And it's like, really? You got a machine and you just put it in and you press a button and pour it. I mean, like, it, it's, it's honestly, it's not that hard when you break it down. <laughs> It's so true. You know, when I was young, um, again, this had to be divine intervention because I would often ask myself, what is the worst thing that can happen? And even during my recovery, there were so many times I was afraid of things. And then I tried them and I was like, okay, the world didn't stop spinning on its axis. I'm stronger than I think. I survived this. It's okay. I felt some pain for a while. I, I maybe had to realize some things about my family that I didn't want to or whatever, but, but yay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think once you go through things and once you go through some darker periods in one's life, people realize that there's not much to be afraid of, right? right. Of course, right. we don't want misery. Of course, we are not going to like or enjoy like having 
grief and loss in our life or having an upset or or expectations that we are not immune to and we're gonna set them because we get excited right you know that's part of our prefrontal cortex and we're planning things you know we're creatures of imagination visualization and creation right you know so so that's not gonna go away but knowing that you can bounce with it right and and I love that 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 if you can get to that space, like with all the work that you do in guiding people to discover what that root is or the multiple roots, like you said, right. so that those aren't hindering or suffocating the plant of yourself, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. And you could be your true self without fear getting in the way and all of these expectations and challenges and and whatever, you know yeah so i know that you do workshops i know that you do one-on-one -on -one sessions you do this whole like report and then you know do you take do you tend to work with people on an ongoing therapeutic uh sense too um so after they do the more intuitive uh type of uh that that first deep dive uh right, session right. with you you know do you kind of work with them through that transformation as well it totally depends on the person. Um, I have people who come to me who have serious illness, some who have, you know, not stuff as serious. Some people just want to learn more about connecting to their intuition or their career or following their life path or learning whatever about intuition. So um, it often depends on the person. Um, we can get a lot done in the first session. Yeah. So, so that's very cool. And sometimes people just need one. Um, I have people that I meet with once a month. You know, I have people that I meet with every few months. Um, it really depends on that person and what they need. And um, yeah, but it's really fun. Um, I definitely stay in touch with people and um, encourage them to ask questions after the sessions because we discuss a lot. You know, I give them a lot of information and um, and I want them to explore it, you know, and go from the session and see what they can do with it. Um, and then also like if there's physical things because it's immoral and illegal and unethical to claim that you can diagnose and medically heal people. So yeah. I do not do that. Um, I have medical people that I trust that I've worked with that I refer to um, who can you know validate what I've said, do testing, do treatment, whatever. So I really want people to let me know, you know what happened in those follow-ups. And yeah, um, but yeah, I have a lot of kind of, ongoing people who've been with me for for a while in um different capacities so it's fun yeah i love that i just didn't know if there's like more of a standard or not so that's kind of all depends on where the person is i am not pushy there's some yeah. people who are like you have to have this many sessions and, and i'm yeah. like you know you, you're you're an adult you can let me know i can suggest but you know what i'm not pushy i'm like you know yeah and um do you do a lot of workshops in and around town and stuff like that? Um, now with, you know, COVID, COVID. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm doing more. Um, I have one coming up in New York City um, this like late spring. Um, but yeah, I'm starting to get into that, into that more. So it's kind of fun because I can work with more people and we can do more like I don't usually teach people how to do the individual, um, the intuitive soul paintings during a session, yeah. but it's really fun to get to do them with a group and then show them how to interpret what they did and do a little bit of interpreting for them too. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of. 
absolutely so if if this is uh you know really reaching anybody and you want to book a session with katie katie where do you where do people go and find you to to book a session my website is katiebeecher.com so it's k-a-t-i-e-b-e-e-c-h-e-r and Perfect. i'm on instagram katie beecher medical intuitive um you can find me on your site yes to, you know um and we'll put all those handles and everything down below if you're watching this on YouTube. But I also like to, and all the links will be in the description if you're checking this out on on uh, iTunes or Spotify or so. But uh, you know, it's always nice when people are listening to this. A lot. We have a, we have a lot more listeners in the uh, the audio audio space than we do on the visual space right now. But our our audience is growing on the visual front, but it is very much more on the audio. But if it, you know, so I like to make yeah, sure that no, people it's can interesting. buy. My book is in all three forms on Kindle and audio and hardcover. And it's really interesting how many people are into um, the audio version. Yeah, right. And so so they can find that they can find it on Audible, your book? Yes. Yes, it's on Audible. It's on every, basically everywhere, you know, um, Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Target.com and wherever. So, yeah. Wherever books are still found. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. I love it. Well, Katie, is there anything else that you want to share with anybody before we wrap up today? I just want to let people know that there really is always hope. And I'm not being a Pollyanna or an ableist or whatever, you know, when I say that, that maybe you haven't found your right person to help you yet or um or whatever but don't ever give up and there is always something you can do um and people do care and mm. there's a lot of help out there available whether it's me or or someone else um but there's a lot of ways to look at the things that make us unhappy and um and maybe you just haven't found yours yet i love that and there is. Well, I hope that this is illuminating to the listeners that are listening and that you reach out to Katie, you book a session with her, you get one of those cool paintings and that four page report and you find out uh, a deep dive into yourself that can start your healing journey, as well as if you're interested in even more coming out and checking out when she's with us on May 7th uh, for her in-person workshop it's here. In oh, it's it's, it's Zoom, sorry, yes, because you're not in Los Angeles, right. but, but uh, <laughs> yes, so it's a Zoom, Zoom one. So no matter where you are in the world listening to this, uh, you can join in and but it'll be fun and you'll be doing some painting so maybe we'll yeah. uh yeah and learning about yourself which i think is really important in this transformational time that we're in that's for sure definitely well thank you so much it's been a pleasure thank you i feel the same you guys are all so sweet there oh thank you until next time katie take care bye everybody thank you Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this conversation, please like it, subscribe, and share it with your friends. If you want to hear more about what we have going on and happening online or in, in the neighborhood, check out liberateyourself.com and sign up for our mailing list. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Liberate Yourself. It's you are self, U-R-S-E-L-F. Until next time, be powerful, be magical, and be free.